don't stop what you're up to, but this is Titherington. that one specially for Jordan from the body shop in Macclesfield not a million miles from here and he was kind enough to let me have my birthday discount even though my birthday is in November he was uh, kind enough to give me my birthday discount on several items in the body shop in Macclesfield last month which was July I especially like the Satsuma hand wash from uh, the body shop. Thank you, Jordan. So I said I'd play him a request on podcast 11. Crikey, podcast 11 already. And uh, this is the summer of 2021. And that was for Jordan in the body shop. Mm-hmm. 
and someone to you love that that's contemporary <laughs> this decade anyway uh, you know we uh, we do our little bit we play a little bit of variety and uh, that's some new music for you from Banners someone to you buy it now or download it <laughs> as is the case these days on the 30th of September 1967 the BBC which erstwhile had broadcast to the nation with channels like the Light Service or the Light Programme on 1500 metres long wave and 247 metres medium wave. And then there was the Third Programme and the Home Service. And that's all we had from the BBC. 
but they didn't play much pop music. Uh, pop music was could only be heard really on the pirate stations, which were boats off the coast of Essex, and I think there was one off the coast of the Isle of Man. Um, that was Radio Caroline and Radio Caroline North, and then there was Radio London, then there was Radio North International, and also there was Radio Luxembourg, which broadcast on 208 metres, which is now 1440 kilohertz, I think, from the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg. But the BBC then decided to employ a few DJs themselves and set up a pop channel. So on the 30th of September 1967, they launched BBC Radio 1, which had been the light service. So they were on the 247 metres medium wave wavelength. And here is the start of Radio 1. And the disc jockey then was Tony Blackburn. And Tony Blackburn is still going. He does a programme on Radio 2 on Saturday mornings called Sounds of the 60s. And he does a programme on Radio London on Sunday evenings, which you can get on BBC Sounds for four hours between 6pm and 10. So the light programme ended about 2 o'clock in the morning the night before. Then it started up as Radio 2 at 5am. And then at 7am... On 247 metres, Radio 1 split from Radio 2 and launched itself with Tony Blackburn. And here he is. It's going to be time to welcome Radio 1's first early show on 247 metres medium wave whilst Breakfast Special continues on Radio 2. Ten seconds to go before Radio 1, Tony Blackburn, and Radio 2, Paul Hollingdale, stand by for switching, get tuned to Radio 1 or 2, 5, 4, 3, Radio 2, Radio 1, go. The voice of Radio 1, just for fun, music, too much And good morning everyone, welcome to the exciting new sound of Radio 1. That was Arnold the dog. Yes, indeed, we've even got Arnold back. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first of the Tony Blackburn shows. I shall be waking up every morning except Sunday between 7 and 8.30. So let's away! If this one doesn't wake you up, then nothing will. This is number three this week in the Radio 1 Fun 30 from the movies called Flowers in the Rain. Woke up one morning half asleep With all my blankets in a heap And yellow roses scattered all around The time was still approaching For I couldn't stand it anymore So Mary goes upon my eider down I'm just sitting watching flowers in the rain Pressurize 
First record ever played on Radio 1. Flowers in the Rain by The Move. Number three this week in the Radio 1 Fun 30. And it comes, of course, from The Move. It's called Flowers in the Rain. Three minutes now past seven o'clock on the first of the Tony Blackburn shows from Radio 1. And we have all the press the other side of the grass there. We've got absolutely everybody in the studio. The press from all corners of Clapham Common. Radio 1, Tony Blackburn. And would you believe, almost 54 years later... Tony Blackburn still broadcasts today on BBC Radio 2. He does a 6am slot on Saturday mornings, Sounds of the 60s. And he also does four hours on a Sunday evening on BBC Radio London, which you can get all over the world on the new BBC Sounds app. Or just uh, go to BBC Radio London schedules and uh, pick him off there. So let's see what he sounds like 54 years later interviewing Petula Clark on BBC Radio London. I love Petula Clark and I'll tell you a little story about her in a minute. So maybe I'll see you there We can forget all our troubles Forget all our cares So go down, down Things will be great when you're down, down Don't wait a minute more Down, down of uh, Petula Clark and I'm delighted to say Petula Clark is uh, my special guest this evening. Petula, thank you very much indeed for being with us this evening. I'm absolutely thrilled. I'm very pleased to be with you. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say right from the word go, I'm a terrific fan. I'm probably your number one fan. Um, I have been for years and, uh, the, and your career is amazing. Let's uh, begin at the beginning though. Um, amazingly, you started your career in the Second World War as a child entertainer in 1954. Yes, that's absolutely true. And it, the funny thing is, you know, we're doing Mary Poppins, uh, where I'm I'm playing the bird lady. I'm not playing Mary Poppins. No. Um, but, you know, it, it's the uh, Prince Edward Theatre. Yes. And it, in, during the war, it used to be a kind of entertainment place for the British troops. And, uh, you know, there was Rainbow Corner for the mm. U.S. troops. And I used to sing there for the troops when I was about, oh, I don't know how old, maybe about uh, seven, eight, something like that. (laughs) And it's so strange to find myself back in that theatre after all this time. Mm. An amazing, uh, amazing life because you lived for, um, you know, in the early part of your life in Wales, in Merthyr Tydfil, that a house that had no electricity or running water. Absolutely. Actually, we weren't even in the town, the city of Merthyr Tydfil. We were in a little mm. village outside <laughs> Merthyr called Abercallad or Pentrabach, depending on what side of the yes. River Taff you were on. And um, I loved it there. I absolutely loved Wales. Um, I went back there not so long ago, and 
they pulled all those old houses down. You know, mm. the, the, uh, yes, it's true they had no electricity and they had no plumbing, and the, the loo was at the bottom of a very long garden. But um, we, uh, I said, my sister and I, we loved it there. It was mm. probably the happiest time of our lives as children. The, the combination, I have to say, between you and Tony Hatch has been yes. something that's been magical, and the songs that have come out of that are amazing. Where did you meet Tony Hatch, and how did all that come about? Well, uh, Tony uh, was a sort of junior producer at Pi Records mm. um, here in, in, in London, and I was recording there, and I had been doing a lot of French recordings because by by now I was living in France. I'd married a Frenchman, and I had a huge career going on over there, and an Italian and, and German. <clears throat> so I was doing a lot of recording in other languages, but we were recording in London because it was better here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tony was sort of, he would kind of organized the sessions and made made sure that the musicians were right and, you know, the sound engineer mm. and all the rest of it. So he came over to Paris, where I was living, and uh, to talk about the next session in French. And after we'd done that, he said, you know, you really should be recording in English again. And I said, well, mm. yeah, if I could find the right song. Yeah. He said, well, listen, I, I've, I've started writing this song, and I said... I said to him, I'm going to make a cup of tea. Why don't you play it on the piano? <laughs> and that was the first time I heard the melody of downtown. Mm. And I came back with the tea and I said, hmm, <laughs> I like that. I'd always loved a song by Petula Clark, written by Tony Hatch, as mentioned in the interview there. Don't Sleep in the Subway, it was called. I preferred that to downtown. But I could never record it. Uh, I had a a microphone and a reel-to-reel tape recorder that my parents gave me back in the 60s. And Pinky and Perky, who used to be on ITV, I think it was Thames Television, on a Friday afternoon, around about 20 past four, they sang songs, except it wasn't in the Pinky and Perky voice. They actually used the record. And they had Don't Sleep in the Subway on that. But by the time I got my tape recorder working, the song was over. And then years later... The song was on, um, I think it was Radio Trent, and I got it from the second verse onward. So I had half of it, but it wasn't until about 15 years after that that I managed to get the Petula Clark Greatest Hits CD and had it all for myself. So that's uh, my history of this song. Nothing 
Thank you very much for being my guest this evening. I have to say, uh, I'm such a big fan of yours. And uh, in the 60s, I remember introducing you on Top of the Pops. And, <laughs> and you, were, you were standing in the corner. I came up to you. And uh, you were, to be honest with you, my heartthrob. And uh, yes, absolutely. I have to say this to you. I've got to own up. And uh, you were charming when I came over and just before I introduced you on Top of the Pops many, many years ago. And um, it's been lovely uh, hearing your music and, uh, you know, and the fact that you're still in the West End, I think, is just tremendous. Well, thank you so much, Tony. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, so, so our affair is over, is it? Well, I'm afraid it never really started because <laughs> I came over and said hello, Petula, and I thought you you might say, you know, I couldn't pluck up courage to say, you know, can I take you out? Oh, it was just the rejection. I couldn't have got through that. <laughs> and also, I think you were married at the time as well. <laughs> and I think I was. Uh, life is strange, no? <laughs> well, there you go. Petula, thank you very much. And good luck with uh, the reopening of... Uh, of uh, I, I need to say goodbye, Mr Chips. <laughs> uh, but, of course, it's Mary Poppins at the Princess. It's Mary Poppins, right. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you, Petula. I am the morning, you are the light. Such a beautiful thing I am the green grass And you are the rain Fall on me, make me grow No one will ever know Fall on me, make me grow again I am the spirit You are the light You make the sunshine brighter You make me smile I am the water And you are the road 
That's Mr. Big and uh, a number they called uh, Romeo. And once again, thank you very much indeed to Petula Clark for being my guest this week. I wish you could be my guest every week. I bet Mrs. Blackburn doesn't wish she was his guest every week, especially if he plays Romeo after his interview. Oh, Tony, sticky wicket there, mate. The Spreadsheet Pete Radio Show. So coming up on the programme today, we've got the usual mix. We've got a bit of Red Dwarf, uh, episode six, I think we're up to now. And we've got plenty of requests. We'll be playing one for Miles in Canada, who rang me up the other week. And he was on an epic road trip, 3,000 kilometres, roughly 2,000 miles, which would absolutely kill me. So for anyone who's on a road trip at the moment, here are the Eagles and take it easy.
the Eagles and Take It Easy, one of the best road trip songs ever. Is that right, Pudge? We've got Pudge here, uh, looking after Pudge for two weeks from next door but one. Uh, he's not a barky dog, he's very pleasant and he uh, is just adorable. He's very good looking and he's been taken for lots of walks. We went to Monseldale the other day with my nephew and we've been round the Bolin Valley and he, this was the best one, I let him off his lead in a field and he made a beeline, ran about 50 yards and found the biggest cowpat in the field and then rolled in it three times. <laughs> nice one. Took me about four hours to rinse it all away and get rid of the smell with a little help from uh, Ted Baker Shampoo. Nice one, Pudge. Is that you? You having a bit of a lick? Are you going to lick the microphone? Go on. And then he's thrashing his tail against the skirting board. And he's shaking. Thank you very much. So here's a song for Pudge. You right, Pudge? Oh, can, can you hear him? Uh, there's his tail bashing against the wall. And this is Pete Shelley. And it's Love Me, Love My Dog.
before we started Just love me and love my dog If you can't understand Then I guess we'll have to move on out of plan Thomason, please. Yeah, hold on to you. No. Thank you very much. Someone for you. Hello. Hello, Mrs. Thomason. Yes. Yes, it's Andrew Lewis from the shop. You know, you got the bike from. Oh yes. Yes. Uh, you're picking up today, are you? Yeah, that's right. Right. The thing is, is that it's taken us longer to put it together than we first thought. Right. Uh, so there's going to be a twenty pound charge for that. Hold on a Yes, who's this? It's Mr. Thompson here, isn't Yes, it? right. I was just saying that to the missus, that it's going to be about £20. Just hold on a minute, mate. Listen to me now. Right. I bought a big bike from you last year, right? Right, yes, I know that. The reason I bought it from you, you said to me, one of your lads there... But it took, to us me, long, it took us longer to put it together than normal, laughter, you see. Listen to me, you didn't charge me anything to put it together. And you said, the reason you buy from us is because you buy from a catalogue, you get it in a box. Yes. You told me this. Well, calm down, then. Calm down, because you've been sold £20 to put a little bike together. Well, that's what it's, it's cost. It's all it it cost nothing. You told me, don't buy from a catalogue for the reason parts are missing and if you buy from us, we put them together Well, if it's you. so easy and to put together... that's the reason I bought it from you. Well, if it's so easy to put together, why don't you put it together yourself? Mate, because I bought it from you because I didn't want it in a box. Well, that's the way they come these days. No, leave, mate. Listen and as to I me. said to you at well, the you time... To me. You're not letting me get a word in. Well, you're not letting me get a word in, anyways. Well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to explain that, uh, obviously, we charge £2 normally, but it's taken us longer to put it together. So £20, otherwise you don't get the bike. Don't say that with me, mate. What do you mean? Hey, listen to me. I'm telling you now, I'll come, I'll come down now. Don't you take this attitude with me, what young man. What attitude with you? He's costing me up, I'll take down the bloody police on you. I beg your pardon? I'll get the police on you. What, for putting a bike together? Wait, mate, I'll go to a solicitor. Yes. And I'll tell you now, I bought it back off you. As far as I'm concerned, it was being put, put up, that's why I bought it off you. Are you thick or what? It's £20 it's going to cost you. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you were putting up, we never mentioned the charge. Well, I'm telling you now, it's 20 quid. If you want this bike, that's how much it is, £20. Mate, I'm going to come down to your shop, and I'll tell you what, we're going to sort this out. Yes, we are. Well, I hope you're not going to get violent. Violent? Because you sound like a bit of a thug Hold to me. Hold on a minute, I'll have to speak to you. Hello? Yes, hello. He's not violent, my husband. Well, I should think he isn't. No, you know. he isn't violent at all. Right, that's but good. Are you, are you violent? I agree with him. I agree with him on this. Are you violent? No, not at all. That's good, then. Well, I was just saying there to him, you know, loudmouth. It's not loud. It's because he works in an engineering mm. and there's very loud machinery and he talks very loud. He Does can't he? help that. Well, big mouth there, anyway. Well, that's... Was... not a big mouth. Well, he's... he's not a big mouth. Excuse me, he's not a big mouth. Well, I'm I just saying... I bought a bike off you for £70 and as mm. far as I was concerned, mm. the bike was up. I was just saying, that's all, that it took us longer than normal, so £20. I agree. All right, that's fair enough. Otherwise, you don't get the bike. To me, if I'd have brought that bike home here, mm. right, and we wouldn't have had no chance of putting it together, right. and I'd have brought it to your shop, you would, would you have put it up for me? What are you talking about? 
Right. You was going to give me the bike, wasn't you, on Friday? Was I? Yes, right, in a box. Yes. Because it will take you 20 minutes put, to put the bike well, up. Well, the whole point. It's taken me all weekend to put it together. Right, listen to me. So if I'd have brought that bike home... Can you get to the point, love? Me and my husband would have never have put the bike up, Right. Well, we? it, well, obviously, he would have never done it because he's pretty thick, isn't he? No, he's not thick. No, oh, he sounds pretty thick to me. Why is he thick? Well, he just sounds that way on the phone. Why does you know, he sound that way? If you don't mind me saying so. Why, why, why does he seem that way? Well, it just seems a bit thick to me, you know, because... In what? Uh, well, I'm just telling him it's well, 20... Well, what he said that's made you think he's thick? Well, because I'm telling him it's 20 quid and he's arguing the point. Yeah, because we can't afford to pay £20 to put a bloody bike up. Why? That's why. Well, why not? I think £70 quite enough to pay for a kiddie's bike. Well, what did you buy for in the first place, then? Pardon? Well, why did you buy in the first place? Because we can't it afford it. Because it wasn't being charged £20 to put a damn bike up. Well, you are now. I'm bloody well not. I'll have my money back. What do you mean? I'll have my money back for my bike. <laughs> You're dead right, love. For your bike? For my bike. I've not received it yet. Well, I can't give you your money back. Do you want to bet? I've got my bloody rights and I'll be going to the citizen's advice straight away now before I come to you, love. Calm down, love. Haven't said Don't so. you tell me to calm down. So you talk to me like a piece a, of dog food. Dog and you food. talk to me husband that way, right? And I know my rights, love. I've been to citizen's advice before about people. You know and you... I will be going now. Pardon? I will be going now about you. I want. I have right to have my money well, back. Well, I tell you, away. I've never heard anything like this in all my life. No, I've not. I really haven't. So people must just accept you and say, "All right, love, I'll pay you the twenty pounds." Mm, well, they people do. People must have money to burn. Well, they do not. Well, we yeah. haven't. Well, I've had this letter here from Nigel. Do you know Nigel? No. Nigel Hallows. Yes, Nigel Hallows. Yes. Yes. Well, he's written to me about you and your bike. You see. Me and my bike. Yeah, because this isn't the guy from the shop. This is Steve Pank. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. It's a wind up from. <gasps> Your very good friend Nigel has dropped us a line. Am I on the radio now? You are right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, my God. I'll kill him. Oh, no. How are you, Amanda? Oh, no. (laughs) I can't believe this. How are you, Amanda? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Amanda, have a lovely day. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Good morning. Good morning. Two sixty one. Tell me, tell me that you want me, and I'll be yours completely. Better off for words. I know we'll have our disagreements, be fighting for no reason. I wouldn't change it for the world. Cause I knew the first day that I met you, I was never gonna let you, let you slip away. And I still remember feeling nervous Trying to find the words to get you here today You make my heart feel like it's summer
wonderful codeline and the one you remember the chap that does my decorating robbie was here the other week and we had a jolly time and he was listening to some of the podcasts while he was decorating and contributing with his wonderful voice well while he was here he said uh, next podcast spreadsheet can you play some four tops and one of my favorites is going loco down in acapulco
Loco, down in Acapulco. If you're wondering uh, what going loco actually means, according to uh, Wikipedia, it means mentally disordered, crazy or frenzied. I think crazy or frenzied, don't you? Going crazy or frenzied down in Acapulco. Doesn't rhyme though, does it? Red Dwarf, Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers by Grant Naylor. Episode 6, Catnap. Some of the cats believed the one true father of cat kind was a man called Cloister, who saved Frankenstein, the Holy Mother, and was frozen in time by the evil men who sought to kill her. One day, Cloister would return to lead them to birth, the planet where they could make their home. The other cats believed exactly the same thing, except they believed the name of the true father of cat kind was a man called Clister. They spent the best part of 2,000 years fighting over this huge, insuperable theological chasm. Millions died. Finally, a truce was called. Commandeering the fleet of shuttles from the docking bay, half the cats flew off in one direction in search of Cloister and the promised planet, and the other half flew off in the opposite direction in search of Clister and the promised planet. Behind them, they left the ones who were too weak to travel, the old, the lame, the sick, and the dying. Soon, only two remained, one a cripple, one an idiot. They snuggled together for warmth and companionship. And one day, to the cripple and the idiot, a son was born. So, the last human being alive, a man who had died, and a creature who'd evolved from cats listened to a computer with an IQ of 6,000, who couldn't remember who'd knocked Swansea City out of the 1967 FA Cup, explain what the hell was happening. So he's a cat, said Lister for the 14th time. The cat took a small portable steam iron out of his pocket and started pressing the sleeve of his jacket. Outwardly, at least, he was human in appearance. There was a slight flattening of his face his ears were a little higher on his head, and two of his gleaming upper teeth hung down longer and sharper than the others, so they peeked whitely over his lips whenever he grinned, which he did a lot. If he'd been a human, you would have described him as vain. He didn't have a name. He found it difficult to understand the idea. He was of the unshakable conviction that he was the absolute centre of the entire universe, the reason for its being, 
and the notion that someone might not know who he was was beyond his comprehension. What about in relationships? Relationships? The cat rolled the word around on his tongue. The cats had learned English from the vast quantity of video discs and training films that were stored in the cargo decks. Yeah, you know, between a man-cat and a woman-cat. Would you call each other? Hey, you! And so the evening progressed. For the most part, details of the cat's background remained obscure. He found the concept of parents bewildering. He couldn't believe there was ever a time he wasn't born. When he put his mind to it, he did recall two other cats who used to be around, but most of the time they'd avoided each other. One of them, he reckoned, had probably been his mother, because she wouldn't sleep with him. The cat finally tired of the relentless questioning and announced it was time for his main mid-evening snooze. He casually leapt up on top of Rimmer's locker, curled up in the impossibly small space and fell immediately into a deep and satisfying sleep. What are we going to do with him? Rimmer asked. Lister sat at the table, thinking. Finally, he looked up. He's coming home with us, back to Earth. Disappointment filtered through Rimmer's brittle smile. You're still going into stasis, then? You're taking him with you? Why not? No reason, he thought. No reason at all, so long as you don't give two short smegs about Arnold J. Rimmer. I don't want to interrupt your little tete-a-tete, said Holly. But you'd better come down to the communication suite. We're getting an SOS call. Hello? Yeah, I'm calling out the advert in the paper. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah is it still available? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've still got it, yeah. Oh, great. How much is it, then? Uh, 180. 180 quid. How much? £180 or near offer. £180. £180? That's a bit expensive, isn't it? Um, Is it one of those new, you know, new deluxe types, then? Uh, uh, no, no, it's just, like, the, the, the basic one. Well, I only paid a couple of quid for the last one at the local DIY shop. Oh. Well, I mean, it, it's in very good nick. I mean, £180, quid, it's not a lot to pay for a moped, is it? A moped? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought it said moped for sale. I'm looking for a new head for me mop. Oh, are you stupid or what? S- sorry? I said, are you stupid or what? Well, thanks for your time anyway. <laughs> Bye. Request time now for Liam, Leanne, Olivia and William, who live in a wonderful town in uh, northwest England. And I saw Liam the other day working on his caravan. Or was he? No, he was actually cleaning his little digger because he's building a house somewhere in Yorkshire uh, in his spare time. The guy has endless energy. I I just want a millionth of that guy's energy. He's just amazing. He works so hard and he has a long car journey up to Yorkshire, at least and back, twice a week. So I asked him what he would like and he said Elton John. Uh, He let me choose the track. So here is me choosing the track on another radio station called BBC Radio 2. And I have to thank Gary Podmore for this because I was fast asleep when this went out because it was something like quarter to four in the morning or something ridiculous because Alex Lester does the... He's called The Dark Lord and he does the best time of the day show. 
in the early hours of the morning. And he asked people to write in with their favourite tracks. And I chose this one, but I was fast asleep when it went out. But Gary Podmore, who works for the BBC, looked in the archive and dug it out for me. What a splendid chap. And to the library once more, but this time Listener's Library. And Peter Nadine of Macclesfield says, My Listener's Library track will be the B-side of Elton John's Daniel, a song called Skyline Pigeon, also on his rare master CD, but it has to be this version. Uh, as correctly pointed out by Peter, this song was the B-side of Daniel Reeves Reach number no. 4 in 1973. The track also surfaced on Elton's debut album, Empty Sky. Fly 
Elton John and Skyline Pigeon for Listener's Library from the collection of Peter Nadin uh, of Macclesfield. The song's meaning is open to interpretation. Some note that the lyrics describe an unsuccessful partnership or even a marriage and the feelings of being trapped and longing for freedom. So there we are. That's uh, at the time Elton himself was about to get married. So draw your conclusion of that. Was he? In 1973? Oh, I thought he... What, this... Not Ren he did get married in the end to Renata, didn't he? That was but that was nineteen eighty four, I think. Uh, but uh, there we are, uh, Peter. Hope you enjoyed that. That's our listeners' library track for today. Hang on a second. I can feel an outbreak of pedantry concerning. The listener's library track that I played for you at uh, quarter to four this morning, uh, which was Skyline Pigeon, Elton John. David says, I know this is a trivial and pedantry thing. You're enjoying this, David, aren't you? But the lyrics of Skyline Pigeon were written by Bernie Torpin, not Elton John. So any link with forthcoming or failed marriage implied by the lyric would surely apply to the lyricist. <laughs> yeah. Great song, beautifully sung. Exactly. Let's just enjoy the fact that it was a nice song, shall we? Back to your request, vitally important, and uh, Spreadsheet Pete has contacted me, a.k.a. Ned Bod, who celebrated his 60th birthday the other week, and uh, he was having a big meal with 30 of his mates in uh, just north of Macclesfield. And uh, just, you know, and what I like about the, his jib, Spreadsheet Pete, uh, is the fact he's organised, and I mean really organised, OK? And um, he's taken early retirement, and there he is, he's doing his thing, and he's able to hear me, because he's actually rewired, get this, his old Bang & Olufsen TV, so I can get you on Freeview Channel 734 on my telly in the bedroom, with excellent sound quality on Saturday nights, so I can listen to you in bed whilst playing Tepsis on my tablet. Luxury. It sounds luxurious to me, Ned Bod, a.k.a. Spreadsheet Pete, and he's produced a great long list of songs, and they're all crackers, this one in particular. Sarah McLachlan. Spend all your time waiting For that second chance For a break that would make it okay There's always some reason To feel not good enough And it's hard at the end I need some distraction Oh, beautiful release Memories seep from my veins Let me be empty Boy, weightless And maybe I'll find some peace tonight In the
Wonderful, wonderful song. Sarah McLachlan, an angel. That's another request on the programme here on the BBC across the West Midlands on a Saturday night into Sunday morning with me, Alex Lester. And that's for Spreadsheet Pete, a.k.a. Pete Nedbod. And uh, he's been having a whooping up meal uh, the other week for his 60th birthday. And he sent me a great long list of uh, songs, which I'll definitely return to, Pete, because there are some wonderful ones on there. It looks like, just looking at my collection, actually, everything from uh, World Party through to Kenny Chesney, through to Dire Straits, through to Judy Zook, uh, and Elton John and Al Stewart as well. Loads and loads of great music there suggested by Pete. Thank you so much, Alex. And I heard that request, would you believe, live when I was in Cyprus on holiday via BBC Sounds, so it wasn't quite live because BBC Sounds is 32 seconds slow, but uh, I was just going to bed and I put the radio on, knowing that I'd sent that request to Alex, and it came on in the hotel room in Cyprus, northern Cyprus. Amazing. Makes the world a really... Small place when you can do that. That's Alex Lester, who, when he read that request out, was doing BBC Across the West Midlands radio. Uh, Prior to that, he was on Radio 2, and that was the Skyline Pigeon request. And uh, now he's on Greatest Hits Radio. Uh, I think he does uh, a continuous music programme between 1am and 4, but then he does a live programme between 4 and 6am. The brilliant Dark Lord. Now his request, as promised, for Jane Haviland Webster. She was just plain Jane Haviland when I knew her. Well, I still know her, of course, but uh, when I got to see more of her, um, she was in our office, actually, in Altrincham. That's Jane Haviland, 
and she did suggest that I played Year of the Cat by Al Stewart. But uh, that has bad memories for her because she was in hospital with glandular fever when that was a hit. So she reflects on that. So we're not going to do that. We're going to play another of her favourite artists, Don McLean. I feel a trembling tingle of a sleepless night Creep through my fingers and the moon is bright Beams of blue come flickering through my window pane Like gypsy moths that dance around a candle flame And I wonder if you know That I never understood That although you said you'd go Until you did I never thought you would Moonlight used to bathe the contours of your face Wild chestnut hair fell all around the pillowcase And the fragrance of your flowers rest beneath my head A sympathy bouquet left with a love that's dead And I wonder if you know That I never understood That although you said you'd go Until you did I never thought you would Never thought the words you said were true Never thought you said just what you meant Never knew how much I needed you Never thought you'd leave Until you went Morning comes and morning goes With no regret And evening brings the memories I can't forget Empty rooms that echo As I climb the stairs Empty clothes that drape and fall on empty chairs And I wonder if you know That I never understood That although you said you'd go Until you did I never thought you Training that one to its dregs. That's Empty Chairs by Don McLean. Now, you remember in a previous podcast, we had a few problems with Talk Talk over my broadband speed. 
Well, in January, having turned the speed down again to 0.3 megabits per second for download and nothing for upload, they finally persuaded me to go with a new deal, Fibre 65, fixed in price for 18 months at £22 a month. And if you look the word fixed up in the dictionary, means it doesn't change. And if you look at TalkTalk's publicity, uh, which is repeated on Martin Lewis's website, moneysavingexpert.com, there's a photograph of the advert they were using at the time. I think the advert says £24, but they gave it to me for £22 fixed for 18 months. Salesman in Salford. So imagine my surprise when I got an email five months later saying their prices were going up when their advertising and their salesman had said to me it was a fixed rate deal fixed for 18 months. So when is a deal not a deal when it's a talk talk deal? Anyway, having a, a, a humongous row with them, they eventually decided to give me the difference between the inflated price and the price they'd fixed and promised me. A few days after that, I got a call from TalkTalk's CEO department. They gave, they rang my number and they cold called me. It was one of those silent calls, so luckily uh, my phone stored the number, so I rang them back. And this is their explanation for putting up a fixed rate price. Absolutely precious, but pretty pathetic. Thank you so much, Peter, for patiently holding. I do apologize for the long hold. And uh, okay, so with in regards to this one, uh, I believe, uh, as you have mentioned earlier, that you would like to have an apology to letter. I'm afraid that I cannot actually guarantee that we can possibly do that. However, here on my end, I can definitely explain reason why uh, you've been impacted about this price increase. If you will actually give me a chance. Go on, then. Okay, but just to point out, the salesman who sold me. The Fiber 65 package, and we both agree, in fact, your, your um, people in Salford agreed that they sold it me as a fixed package for 18 months, which is why they have given me back the difference between uh, what it would have cost and what it's costing now, um, which is £2.50 a month more. So they've given me that as a goodwill gesture payment. What I maintain is they should never have sold me the package as a fixed rate product to begin with, should they? Mm. Uh, actually, Peter, I am really within that. I've been a customer. Okay. Exactly. And That's what your previous call uh, centre member said. She said if I was in of your course, I, uh, she said if I was in your I'm position, I, I would I, like you that very you would that you would agree with me. Yeah, of course. I can definitely understand where you're coming from. Because if I'm on your show, I'll be feeling the same way too. It's just that so happened. You're a customer and I am actually a uh, uh, representative, customer service. And I would really understand how you feel right now. So here on my end, Peter, I know it might sound to you that actually I am uh, I am with uh, TalkTalk because I am actually a uh, representative of TalkTalk. But 
then again, on the other side, I've been a customer and I know how it feels. I would like just only to address reason why we come up with this price increase. And to tell you honestly, well, it's never Can you understand that there shouldn't be a price increase on a fixed product? Mm -hmm. Fixed. If you sell your product exactly. as fixed, there should be no way it increases until it's run its 18 months course. I was told this product lasted 18 months mm -hmm. and it should mm -hmm. stay at I, I £22 a month for 18 months, I, yeah? I, I will just give you some uh, information Go on, okay. behind it. Go on, okay. okay, I'm really sorry. I just need you to uh, give me a, a couple of minutes okay. to provide it to you. So, uh, it's never an, it's a decision to increase the prices of our fixed price contracts. Over the last year, we've seen overall broadband usage soar by 40%, and it's continuing rising each year. So, number of devices, such as mobile, smart TVs, and tablets in the household has also increased. As a result, we have had to invest heavily in our network to keep our services to you reliable. Unfortunately, this has meant that alongside other providers such as BT and Virgin and Sky, we have had to raise our prices as well. Not if they're so fixed. We need your uh, help. We need badly help. your help to, to, to continue sustain the services because we are also investing on our services. That's actually one of the reasons why. But I would really understand if you mentioned that you are actually correct that uh, you've agreed to have a fixed price contract, uh, and I can well, uh, I can definitely can I just uh, can I just stop can I just stop can I just stop you there uh, before you carry on? Mm -hmm. If if you renege on a fixed deal, then it isn't fixed, is it? No. <laughs> uh, actually, Peter, reason why we sent notification before that happens. But as usual, Talk Talk didn't give notification before it happened. They sent me an email after after they put the price up by two pounds fifty a month for the remaining thirty months. So that's an increase uh, in total during that period of thirty two pounds fifty. It was only when I threw the book at them on the call prior to this that they agreed to give me £40 in compensation for the increase, plus a bit of goodwill gesture stress. Because it is quite stressful when you budget for something and then the people put it up when it's a fixed deal. Look up the word fixed in the dictionary, Talk Talk, and look at your own publicity. Here is a quote from uh, Martin Lewis's website from the advert that Talk Talk put out. Move on to a new matching Fibre 65 and line rental contract for a fixed price. No mid-contract price rises for the duration of your contract. Dash guaranteed. But you didn't. Yes, but no, you don't. You still don't get. You still don't get where I'm coming from here. If I, yes, of course. If, I, if I take out a bank account that pays a fixed rate of interest for five years, it pays that rate for five years. It doesn't matter what's happening in the market, the 
bank has to absorb that within its structure. It can stop offering the product to new customers, but it has to honour the product that it's fixed it at. It can't put up the price halfway through no. a fixed period at all. That is the law. It's got nothing to do with what pressures. You should have anticipated the pressures before you fixed the product. If you product. sell a variable product, you can put it up at any time. It's like my energy company. If I have a fixed rate product for a year, which I have with my current energy company, they cannot put the price up. What they can do is increase the price for their variable customers. Exactly. And that's what you should do. You shouldn't expect people who have taken out a fixed rate product that they have budgeted in their accounts for tw 18 months I have budgeted for not having to pay any more than £22 a month plus my call charges if they go over the hour because they're free as well. That's what I budgeted with TalkTalk. Talk. You cannot change a fixed rate product. It's against the law and you're breaking your Trading Standards Act. I've checked this out with various different people and they all agree with me that you're breaking the law if you do that. Okay, so uh, within regards to that one, uh, as I have actually discussed earlier, it's never an is a decision to increase the prices of our fixed price contracts. But you can't so increase the price of a fixed... And I won't bore you with any more of that because it went on for half an hour. But you could tell she was just reading from a script. If they sell something as a fixed price product and their advertising says there'll be no price increases within that period then that's it. doesn't matter what the market does outside that, they shouldn't be allowed to put it up. And I'm sure had I taken them to the ombudsman, which I threatened to do later in the call, they would have collapsed. Anyway, and they would have ended up paying the ombudsman £550 just to investigate each claim. Probably. Anyway, they gave me another £5 goodwill gesture payment on top of the £40 that they gave me for the difference between the price rise and the original price of £22. So I got, uh, instead of £32.50, I got another £7.50 on top of that. So uh, we're quids in. But you shouldn't have to do that. And how many people don't complain? How many people just swallow that and live with it? Well, don't. Get on that phone, 150, if you're a TalkTalk Talk customer, and fight your corner. Because it's your money. And if they offer you a fixed price deal, and let's face it, I was on a really good deal prior to that. I was on free broadband for life. There's not much point having free broadband if they turn the speed down to 0.3. And the reason they did that is because as a legacy customer, in their view, there is no government minimum speed, even though there is actually talk talk, and you're wrong there as well. And... I've had so many lies. I'm just wondering, at the end of 18 months, when the price will inevitably go up, and at today's prices, it'll go up from £22 a month to £44 a month, so it'll actually double, and that includes uh, daytime calls. I might just, I'll either get rid of the daytime calls uh, surcharge, or I will uh, move to another company, because EE have offered me a much better deal if I ring them up about a month before my Talk Talk contract ends and uh, we'll switch over to them. But be careful because if you go sooner 
they'll there'll be a penalty charge. So always leave it till the very last day to switch over. And you might be without broadband for a few days, but say uh, la vie. At least I've got my data with EE, so I can survive on that for a few weeks. Okay, Peter, calm down now. There's a good chap. the ocean very calming influence you need that after a talk with talk talk don't you <laughs> that's a tune called rearranging the deck chairs on the titanic jonah louis brilliant 
Oh, I feel nice and relaxed after that. All right, finishing off with uh, a few requests now. We have one for Zico, who works for British Gas in South Africa. And he has asked for a tune by Grover Washington Jr. and Bill Withers. Now, there was a time when, sadly, Grover Washington had passed away and Bill was still with us. <laughs> or with us. But Bill Withers is no longer with us, um, sadly, because he died, I think it was last year. And he made some brilliant music, although I think he fell out with his record company. So uh, terminated his talents early, which is a shame. He did the wonderful Lovely Day and Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone. But along with Grover Washington Jr., he did this. Just listen to the percussion on this. You and me, just the two of us. I see the crystal raindrops fall And the beauty of it all when the sun comes shining through To make those rainbows in my mind When I think of you sometime And I want to spend some time with you Just the two of us We can make it if we try Look for love, no time for tears Wasted water's all that is And it don't make no flowers grow Good things might come to those who wait But not for those who wait too late We gotta go for all we know Just the two of us We can make it if we try Just the two of us
Bill Withers and Grover Washington Jr. I was listening to Tony Blackburn's interview again this morning with Petula Clark, and he started off by saying that she was a child entertainer in the Second World War in 1954. And I thought, hang on a minute. The Second World War was between 1939 and 1945. That doesn't sound right. And I looked up Petula Clark on Wikipedia and it does indeed say she was a child entertainer in the Second World War, full stop. And then it goes on to say in 1954 she did something else. So he, he's obviously read the Wikipedia bit uh, but uh, not used his common sense and realised there was a full stop there. And he said the Second World War in 1954. So that's not right, is it, Tony? So you shouldn't be using Wikipedia to do your research. That's a bit lazy. And if you do, uh, look at the full stops, mate. So we conclude with Tony Blackburn on the This Morning programme, speaking to Eamon Holmes and Ruth about life on the pirates, starting with Radio Caroline in 1964. So he's been broadcasting for 57 years and counting. Spreadsheet Pete being a, a mere novice. We're now here to celebrate an absolutely amazing record of nearly 60 years in the music business. And there are very few people who can rival our next guest, Tony Blackburn, not only in his presentational skills, but his musical knowledge. I know you laugh and you make light of it, but sir, we are in the presence of well, genius. We are, we are in the presence of genius. I'd be very lucky. You know, 60, no, 57 years, actually, on Sunday. Was, I was out there in the North Sea off the coast of three and a half miles off the coast of Frinton in Essex, where I eventually ended up shipwrecked. But uh, funny you should say that. The yeah. year was 1964, and this is how it was recorded yeah. on Newsreel. Here we go. Prepare yourself for modern day piracy. Radio Caroline, believe it or not, this is the broadcasting station afloat. The pirate station in the North Sea, just comfortably anchored in international waters three and a half miles off Frinton. The eight disc jockeys work a week's stint out here and then get a week's holiday. And the same applies to the ten-man crew, who are all Dutch. A lot of people won't understand why there was need for pirate radio. Yeah. What was pirate radio all about? Well, we just had the BBC in those days and we wanted to break the monopoly a little bit. And uh, so we went three and a half miles out into the coast and that was in territorial waters. And so we flew under the Panamanian flag which meant that uh, anybody from this country, if they boarded that ship, it was like declaring war on Panama. Yes, yes. So we didn't. So we, we used to go through customs. We were meant to go to Holland, but we never actually got there. We stopped off and played these. It was just so much funny. And then the BBC thought, if you can't beat them, join them. Then, really, the BBC signed you up then after uh, Well, they did. We, we, uh, eventually, we all ended up at the BBC, <laughs> yeah. creating another monopoly because commercial radio didn't come in for a time. But... Honestly, it was so much fun out there. And we, who were your contemporaries then? Who was out there? Simon D. Uh, eventually, I joined another ship called Big L Radio London, which was my favourite. Uh, people like Kenny Everett, Maybe. Dave Cash, and all, all these people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just... I was out there for three years, and it was just terrific fun. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was 21 years old then. And, uh, but then after three years, you know, we thought, oh, I wouldn't mind being ashore again. So we used to do two weeks on the ship and a week off. Amazing. And uh, it, it was just great. And would, then, would you go as far to say as it was sensational? 
Sensational. <laughs> Sensational. Um, there's a lovely thing about about your your voice, your lilt, the way you say things. I mean, it's quite unique. It is yours. Did you did you practice that? Was there a way of being a DJ? Unfortunately, not, Eamon. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to apologise for that. No, it's just I. Uh, I've always been quite enthusiastic about. I love music and I love radio and, uh, you know, the media that we're in. And so I just enjoyed everything. And, and people say, you know, you, I don't put this voice on. Mind you, I don't talk like this at home. You know, hello, Debbie, how are you? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so it's slightly put on at home. That would get really irritating. Uh, so I just like to go on the radio and irritate people for a short time. Yeah. No, but you're very passionate about what you do. Yeah. You said 57 years. Um, mm. And you've chosen uh, six songs through the decades yes. of your favourites, since we have the jukebox. And I love Jackie Wilson. I mean, he... I was doing a show once, I understand, and one of the audience shot him. He survived it, um, but wow. that's why when I'm on stage myself, I always keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Don't important. Don't be a target. Yeah. Uh, but Jackie Wilson, I think, was one of the great singers of all time, yeah. and um, I never met him, but he was absolutely fabulous, and I love his music and, and love soul music. And the responsibility and the influence of disc jockeys like yourself mm. on radio... Uh, talking about one of the greatest singers of all time, Diana Ross. Mm. Now, you were responsible for having this particular song that we're listening yeah. here, I'm Still Waiting, which is quite a, an emotional love song. You were responsible for having that released in the UK? Uh, yes, I was, because I heard it on... I was putting a, one of my uh, soul shows together at home, and I was going through the albums, and um, the Diana Ross album was there, and I heard this song, and nobody realised how great it was. And I rung Motown up and I said, I think you've got a hit on this album. And they said, uh, you, you really should release it as a single. So they rung Diana Ross up and she said, well, if he thinks that it's going to be a hit, then fine, you know, release it. And I th it was a number one hit in this country. And I think it probably got to number one in America as well. And did you meet but, Diana? Sorry? Did you no. meet her? Yes, yeah, I toured with Diana Ross and Springs, oh, actually, yes. Um, I was on tour in the 70s with her. We did a, a very short tour. Uh, but it was um, she was lovely, very shy person. Let's, let's hear shy. let's hear why it did get to number one. Here it is, Diana Ross. I'm still waiting.
Even at the age of 10, that record may be Cry, I'm Still Waiting, by Diana Ross. I really have to thank Tony Blackburn. I had no idea he was responsible for having that record released as a hit, and as he said, it got to number one. And I remember listening to that on holiday in a lovely little island called La Toya, uh, just off the coast of Portugal and Spain back in the day. Must have been about 70, 71. So you've done so much for music as well. And, and we've for loved different hearing, generations. We'd love hearing all, all your you. favourites through the decades. Uh, Sounds of the 60s uh, with Tony. Yes. This Sunday, Radio 2. Mm. What time? Actually, Ruth, it's this Saturday, Radio 2. What time, Tony? And tomorrow, it's around the 60s, 6 in the morning. 6, six in, the morning. in the morning. Yeah, okay. so I'm going to get up probably as early as you. <laughs> yeah, if it's any consolation, I, I will be up and out as well. So I'll be listening to you in We're the We're all park. still going. Play We're all still record. hanging on. Yeah. Oh, good idea, <laughs> good idea. Tony, I'll, thank you so before much. Before the traffic builds up on the M25. Um, <laughs> lovely talking to you. Lovely talking to you. Thank, thank you very much. The immortal Tony Blackburn, who's 78. And uh, earlier in the programme, he was in, interviewing Petula Clark who is 88, and he's been in broadcasting since his days at the age of 21 on Radio Caroline in 1964. 57 years of broadcasting. What a legend. Just a couple of more requests on the programme today. For everyone in Bucharest, who works for the HelloFresh call centre, and we've got one for Lewis, Lewis's uncle, and Mitchell, who are all builders in Wilmslow. Uh, I haven't got time on this programme to fit their music request in, which is the Red Hot Chili Peppers, anything by them. So we'll, we'll play the Zephyr song in the next podcast. That's uh, for Lewis, Lewis's uncle and Mitchell, who are building a house, I think, in Wilmslow. 
but with two just two pieces of music left with one i'm going to play now this is for samantha who is at the ee call center in plymouth and she wanted mary j blythe and shackled um so we'll do that and then after the uh the sign-off music we have uh, our bonus track today which is especially for a wonderful uh, young man that's john from wilmslow in cheshire who i met at the clarence mill cafe this week walking my uh, neighbor's dog pudge who we featured earlier in the program and he was canoeing down the canal from poynton to bollington and he passed the cafe I was sat at and he thought oh I could do with a drink so he uh, sat and talked to me for about an hour over a beer brilliant chap and he is uh, I think he works for Rolls-Royce in Alderley Edge on the engines fantastic and he was uh, he's been doing that kind of work since he was swallowed up as an apprentice years ago so for him he wants Time by Pink Floyd. So that's going to be our bonus track after our close down music. So if you want to stay around for that, it's quite a long one. And I'll tell you a brief story about that track, which may make you smile. Uh, it made John smile. So that's for John from Wilmslow. But before that, this is for Samantha and it's Mary J. Blythe and Shackles. Except according to Spotify, it isn't. Mary J. Blythe and Shackles with an S. It's Mary Mary and Shackles. I can't find a track by Mary J. Blythe, so uh, I guess it's this one. Show is hot out here. No, I don't mind though.
There we go, that's Shackles by Mary Mary. Quite contrary, Mary. Oh, chairs creaking, can you hear it? Mother? Right, that's it for the main show. So those of you who aren't hanging around for the best track on the programme, Time by Pink Floyd, ta Actually, the Elton John track was pretty cool as well. And as were the comments about it from that guy. <laughs> Very pedantic. All right, closing theme. So that's your lot for the main part of this Podcast 11. Stand by for a little story. And then our long track today for John from Wilmslow. It's Time by Pink Floyd. When I was at university, um, one of my really close friends, Steve, Steve Lovett from Rochdale, um, I think it was coming up to April the 1st, I can't exactly remember, but I think it was an April Fool's trick we played on him. So I set up my plug timer attached to his record player in his room and I put the album on Dark Side of the Moon and I chose the track time and I turned the volume up as high as possible and set the plug timer for six o'clock in the morning so the next day I got up at 5 55 because I think he was on the corridor two below me at the time or was it one I can't remember Uh, but he was on the opposite side of the building so I set my alarm for five to six got dressed quickly ran downstairs to put my ear close to his door at bang on six o'clock and he was fast asleep and I think he was a little bit tipsy from the night before because he'd been celebrating something and then this happened
Pink Floyd from the album Dark Side of the Moon and that was Time. And we're also playing that for a chap who's six foot seven and serves me brilliantly in the local spa shop here in Titherington. That's Tall Lloyd. So that was Floyd 
for Lloyd. <laughs> Floyd for Lloyd. And time. And finally, one last request for Vanessa Bell, who celebrated a, a birthday this month in August. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old she is, although she's not that old. Uh, she's a mere whippersnapper compared to Spreadsheet. And she's now living over in Sweden. So um, I'm sure, well, I know she gets the podcast in Sweden because she tells me so. And uh, on the little symbol on Anchor, it tells you which countries people are listening in. And Sweden is one of them. In fact, I think we've two Swedish listeners. We've got uh, Hans and Vanessa. I hope you enjoyed that uh, bonus track. And we'll see you next time on Podcast 12. And if you want to request, don't forget, the email address is spreadsheet2020 at talktalktalktalk.net. N-E-T for tango. Bye-bye.